0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Well, good afternoon and good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Chuck. Uh, we are doing a simulcast today from Prophetic Message and also on Witness Project. We have Deanna with us, and we have our guest is Mel Novak, our brother from California. He's an actor and also a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes into prisons. He goes on the street ministering, and the stories that he has to tell are just amazing, considering uh, concerning the number of people that he gets saved when he's ministering. And so, uh, Brother Mel, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, thank you for having me, Brother. I always enjoy. And Deandra, hello. Is she there?
1: She's online with us.
2: Oh, okay. Lord bless you. Yeah, She, it's might, always, be she might be anytime. Any time... I get an opportunity to share what God's doing in this world because we live in a in a fallen world. Evil lurks everywhere, but God is moving mightily. Uh, there's been revival in the prisons that I've gone to, in every service that I did, and it's. it's I think from 2013 to, to like this past month, 93 to 90, 93 to 100 percent. We're praying the salvation prayer. Now, that that's absolutely awesome. Uh, in March, there was four services, 190 uh, inmates into four, and every one of them prayed the salvation prayer. So God is moving on hearts. And we just pray that he moves on anybody's heart that's listening that doesn't have that security to know when they die where they're going to go, where they're going to be. It's in Hebrews 9.27, it's the point that man wants to die, then the judgment. So, unless Christ comes back, but that's not the end. That's not the end. That's the beauty of it. Uh, as a believer, you and me, and and anybody who has Christ in their heart, 2 Corinthians five eight, the last breath, absence from the body, present with the Lord. I mean, the spirit and soul go immediately with the Lord. What a security! What a love! And uh, just uh, awesome. And it never gets old. I've been—that's my passion—to win souls. And uh, actually, actually, this resurrection Sunday that's coming up, Sunday after next, is my 35-year anniversary on Skid Row. Wow! So that's. Wow. I asked my daughter. Where did the years go? Well, Where, where in the world did they go?
3: Yeah, they Job go fast.
2: Seven, yeah, Job 7, 6a says, you know, time goes faster than a weaver's shuttle. Before you know it, it's gone.
1: That's right. Man. Well, one of the things that I've heard is that it's especially true, or seems to be true for those of us who, when once we get up in, uh, in years, and that's because the older we get, a year is a smaller fraction of our lifetime than it was like when we were young. Yeah. Because I remember when I was just a kid, it seemed like time just it went so slow. You know, <laughs> and then as you get older, it starts to speed up. And
2: yeah. And you just can't keep track of it. You now. Well, I keep telling people you ain't old till you're cold.
1: Oh, no, that's good. <laughs>
2: You no, know, I okay. have. Uh, <laughs> hey, hi, how are you?
3: Hi, I think you. maybe I was muted. Um, I was telling you that uh, it is always just like a homecoming every time we have you. I always enjoy having oh, you God. on, brother. Thank
2: you. Good to have you. You know, when uh, when I got that award on Sunday, uh, Living Legend Award, I saw it, I had a speaker. The oh, whole the place was packed, and I said, well. Usually, le- legend. Someone gets a legend award. Uh, they're usually dead, or they're really old. And I says, I'm not old till I'm cold. So they got a kick out of that. So then uh, they said, Well, you've gotten uh, three living, uh, three Hall of Fame in a martial arts awards, other awards in uh, the martial arts, and the movie industry, other awards in Skid Row prison. So what was your favorite award? So I told them, well, I was a single dad. I raised two daughters since they were seven and ten myself. And uh, I was voted Mother of the Year at the Brownies. The place went into bedlam, clapping. <laughs> the Brownies are before <laughs> the Girl Scouts. So they I said,
3: actually was a Brownie when I was a child. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah the, the the people, you know, the ladies there said, you know, this will never happen again, but we watched how you were with your children. The other children loved you. We said, we got to vote, we got to vote him mother of the year. So, anyway. Well,
1: that's, that's I, terrific.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm just so saddened how some people who are either on drugs or have rage and whatnot, how they hit their little little children. It breaks my heart. And, you know, there was one little girl that she kept praying for God to take her home to heaven to escape the beatings from that abusive, raging mother and her passive father. He His failure to protect. And, boy, I, I would just like to... I'm not going to tell you what I'd like to do to him, but... But in the eyes of anger, you know, the words of shaming rejection that cut that poor little girl's heart every day—it was like survival. And I see that uh, the last Sunday this month, I'll be at the juvenile. Now, the last time I was there, there was a riot. These two, these two gangs—black gangs. They were trying to kill each other. And, you know, I'm thinking, where's the love? Whatever happened? What is going on here? And they pepper sprayed their eyes, and I was coughing for two days. But Mm. that's the other thing, too, Chuck, the editor. Uh, Whatever happened to love? Well, you know, I
1: see people, you know, it's becoming an epidemic, and I see people, they're just being demonized yeah they're being affected by by what's happening in this country, and I'm sure it's happening everywhere everywhere and it's just it's just an epidemic
2: you know it is it is
3: there's a there's a spirit of madness that has gone out into the world and um this is a good topic I'm glad that you brought this up because um brother Mel there's a surprising number of believers who walk in a great deal of rage and anger um yeah. have unresolved wounds themselves um and uh well you know that's part of my testimony too i don't know really that have, i've spoken too much about it but my i had a very challenging childhood and a great deal of wounds um abusive neglectful you know mother and things like that she really has a lot of rage and um my prayer direction for this is to pray for the for the love of the Father, and I see this uh, in my family line. But a lot of people see this in their family line as well. So it's it's like a spirit of anger and rage come can come down the family oh, line, like a familiar spirit. Yeah. Yep. It is yeah.
2: You have family generational curses of that. But, uh, you know, I talk. I always talk about love sent Jesus to the cross. Love kept them up there. It wasn't wasn't the spikes. And uh, I was telling these, uh, where I go into this L.A. County jail, which is a really, really bad place. So I told them one day about, well, the meaning of true love is, Sharing and caring, giving and forgiving, laughing, laughing together, weeping together, praying together, walking hand in hand, uh, talking heart to heart, seeing through each other's eyes, you know, loving and being loved, uh, the openness of that, uh, always trusting and believing and validating because boy, when someone betrays one, that trust is broken and that is very painful. I went through that, uh, There has to be respect and understanding, consideration, and but thanking, praising God for everyone you know that's that's a believer that you that you have any kind of a relationship with, and that you know that love shared is a beautiful and fulfilling thing. In, In our in our Christian community, you got people who has a busy tongue because there's they're walking wounded. And what I say, there's some people listening right now who are really struggling with. They're really wounded. I'm going to give you Psalm 147:3. I want you to every day look at that. God says, "I will heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds." Where's your wounds coming from? How long have they been there? Who caused them? Have you forgiven them? Have you forgiven yourself for for how you reacted? This is crucial because the devil's slick. He'll have a stronghold on you, Second Corinthians ten four, and unless that that stronghold torn down, you're going to be a POW, a prisoner of war, because it is a war. Second Corinthians ten three. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, but it it's crucial. Jeremiah thirty verse seventeen. God says, I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. And many times in these in these prisons, uh, you have at least eighty percent never forgave themselves, but you also have people who are living in the past and walking wounded. I give Isaiah forty three, eighteen and nineteen, every single sermon, God says, Remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. And then he says, Behold, I will do a new thing. See, too many people in the prison of unforgiveness. Uh, And then what we talked about, anger and rage and frustration. Uh, But we need to tell ourselves the truth. And this is the hard, hard part. Am I telling myself the truth? See, forgiving ourselves is a huge contributor to our spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, and well being, even though it's not always recognized as a fundamental part of the forgiveness process. But when you forgive yourself, you allow God to heal the brokenness that is deep within your life. And you can't keep brushing it away. You can't keep brushing it away. It's uh uh amazing and I tell these guys in a, in a, in a, you know don't give me that macho stuff now I've, I've been looking in your eyes and there's a lot more of you now you're going to tell the truth or what but what happens to the people we forgive depends on them Forgiving's a journey the deeper the wound the longer the journey and it's time that we take a look at that in our heart because the devil's very slick. It's a very subtle thing because, and I've said probably 2,000 times in sermons, forgiveness is the key to healing. It is, it is an awesome thing to do when we know. And it's, you know, okay, it's not easy. It took me probably three years. I was still ministering, but in my heart I don't think I had forgiven my ex. You know, she spirit of mammon is a dangerous Matthew six twenty four. You can't serve God and mammon, the world the money and everything else. Matthew six thirty three, you gotta put God first. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things to be added to you. But I could tell you this forgiveness provides A refreshing shower for the mind and spirit. You think about after a hot day, you know, working out or doing whatever, you take that shower. But forgiveness is a different type of shower, and then then it allows us to to serve God freely. But boy, I tell you, that's a heavy burden got to be lifted from his shoulders. The ones who haven't forgiven themselves, they're carrying shame on one shoulder, guilt on the other. The devil knows how to play people's minds. But God Yes, ab-
3: absolutely absolutely He does. He's the accuser of the brethren, and he'll try to speak into our ear uh, condemnation, yep. and uh, I loved what you said about it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. it was love. No love. Praise the Lord.
2: I just did a sermon uh, called "Gethsemane," and I struggle every year with that. Times Jesus agonized. That's a, that's a hard word, but he agonized. Father, take this cup from me, because he's going to drink from that cup. Every sin anybody ever did, from from Adam and Eve to me to everyone in the history of man. And he knew what kind of beating, you know, horrible, horrible beating he was going to get. But he said, nevertheless, your will be done. He was the only one born for the sole purpose of dying. God in flesh. He gave up a crown of glory for a crown of thorns. And people need to take a look at that as to really, really what he did out of love. You know, love, Jeremiah 31.3, God loves us with an everlasting love. And it's just amazing, and you know, uh, at my uh, Bible study Monday, I did a two-hour teaching on the six miracles of Calvary. God of miracles, Malachi three six. I am the Lord thy God. I change not. He hasn't changed. Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, or forever. He hasn't changed. And so, this following Monday, on the seventeenth. Uh, the day after resurrection day I'm going to be doing uh, two hours on the resurrection but how about God's view of the cross because I always preach Christ crucified, that's what we're commanded but we need to view the cross not only from, from our angle but from God's angle and as, as, in, as Mel Novak the individual sinner, I come to the cross I look up and I see one dying my death, dying for me. This is what Paul meant in Galatians 2.20 when he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. This is what you and I and every believer and anyone here who wants to come to the cross and has Jesus Christ in their heart as Lord and Savior. its what it meant when we stand before that incredible, wonderful cross and said he died for me. He died for me. I tell that to the people on Skid Row. I tell it to people on, on, on high-power, super-maximum security, lifers. I'm going back to Pelican Bay in June. It'll be my 11th time, which is another miracle. But but as an as an individual, I see one dying for another one. And I was that one. Now, well it's a wonderful thing to think about Jesus Christ dying for us. It's another angle to the atonement that we must not overlook. It's God's angle. Did God the Father see him, his Son, dying only for me? Or did he see him dying as me? AS as me. There's there's something in that death of Jesus for us that guarantees its full benefits coming to, to us to each one who invites him in their heart which has nothing to do with religion or denominations, nothing and that's something that's provided in the further consideration that, that Jesus died as us so when God the Father looked down on the cross that day, he saw you and me and everyone who trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior actually going down into death and paying the full penalty for our sin, which demanded death. So in the father's view of Calvary, he didn't see my sitting along alongside the cross while another died for me only. He saw me actually dying in that other one. This means that God the Father entered the death of his son of opposite my name, your name, all our names, in his book, and put that death to our credit. The bank of life. The book of life. The bank in heaven. All of these promised. Yes, Jesus died for you. He died for everyone who has ever been born or will be born. You know, in this this world, which is Dark and getting darker, evil. But God can enter his name next to yours in his book and put Christ's death to your credit. And otherwise, that great white throne judgment, you will meet Jesus there, but it'll be too late. Revelation 20, verse 15, if your name is not written in the book of life, you will spend eternity in a lake of fire. It's your choice. It's your choice. You gotta believe in Jesus died for you and you accept his free offer of salvation. That's the only I was on an elevator or something and someone said something about free. That's the only thing free in the world is salvation through Jesus Christ, which is true. Everything
3: cost. But if true, you, but it but it was you, a cost as well. It just it didn't you know, it was free to us to choose, but it was at great cost. And that's that's the way I look at it. Like you were talking about uh, unforgiveness, every every little wound and and all unforgiveness that we hang on to that was paid for, and it cost tremendously. So um, we, we have we have to we have to nail those things to the cross and, and let Jesus have them, have those burdens. Amen. Yeah. You know?
2: We got to focus, and He's risen. You life brings us to the darkness of Good Friday. But faith in steadfast love of God Almighty takes us to the empty tomb and resurrection morning. That's when we find eternal life. So I always tell people, you know, they, they talk about Easter bunnies, Easter eggs. I like fried rabbit, but, you know, that has nothing to do with that.
3: Brother, I'm so glad that you said that because I am so against Ishtar bunnies and uh, Ishtar
2: eggs. So what you tell them is have a happy and empowered resurrection, celebration. That's what it is. He lives. So will we who believe? It's a choice. you don't believe, you're going to pay the piper. It's your choice. You know, we got to start treasuring God's word in our hearts. in Proverbs three one, and it's just—I just tell people, don't let kindness and truth leave you. Proverbs three three. Not you know, there's a lot of mean people in the world. Mean. So we got to do is we got to. I see so many people in the prison tattoos everywhere. So. What we got to do is tattoo mercy, love, truth, and honesty in our hearts. That's the key. Because that's where the devil will attack you. Your mind, heart, and emotions. That's where you, you get people who, they go down for the count, putting out fires every part of their life. They don't take it to the Lord. First Peter 5, 7. He says, cast your cares and burdens on me. Well, where else are you gonna take take them? You know, it's people try everything, you know, in Hollywood they're into the into the occult and mediums and astrology. And the devil, he's slick. He tells them things so that oh I don't need Jesus. I got my astrologer. Well, you're all gonna have a good time at Luke sixteen, nineteen through thirty one. The great white throne judge. I mean, uh Hades, from there is the great white throne judgment. But everything's a choice. Everything's a choice. And boy, what love. What love God gave us. Uh, You know, when I talked about freedom, there's no freedom aside from the Lord. I got a couple of poems from this gal from a prison. This one, she said, I'm locked in a cell, a cell made for one, but I'm never alone because I know the Son. The Son of the living God, He lives here in my heart, and no man, keys nor bars, can ever keep us apart. He's with me daily in all that I do. It's amazing all the things that He gets me through. He dries my tears, picks me up when I'm down, and in Him I'm free. I'm no longer bound. He even makes me laugh when it's just me and him. My Lord is so awesome, and I praise him again and again. His word is my strength, and his Holy Spirit my guide. And this place can't keep me forever inside. Yeah, they have my body locked up in His jail, but my heart, in my heart, I am free because Jesus paid my bail. Written for the glory and honor of God the Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit, Denise DeHaro. That was very touching. It's very nice. Yeah, she sent me three of them. And, uh, you know, Rejection, Abandoned, and Betrayed, which we were talking about, there's a Gangbanger, I led him to the Lord in my driveway. He was uh, seeing somebody next door. Anyway, he ended up, he, he got a lot of time with the drugs and stuff. And he gets my newsletter once a month. Nobody communicates with him in the whole world. No family, no nothing. So he sends me a note thanking me. Then he, he signs that "Your son. Oh Lord. I'm always giving them Hebrews thirteen five, I'll never leave leaving nor forsake you. Matthew twenty eight twenty. Lo I'll be with you always in Deuteronomy thirty one six. God said, Don't be afraid. I'll never leave you or abandon you. Because it it's a very difficult issue when that's happened in your life. Uh, all around the the country that I preach in prisons, I've heard from inmates every di- a lot of different states I have no worth I have no value I'm a failure God doesn't love me nobody cares I'm inferior I'm inadequate that's seven lies from the pit of hell from the father of all liars Jesus called Satan in John 644 uh, 844 and uh, especially those who are in a the hole they're, they're isolated they're there are 23 hours. That's why some of them crack up. And some of them attempt suicide. And some of them make it. They die. Because we weren't really created to be isolated. But boy, when you're isolated, this is let me encourage you, you're listening. You're going through a hard time. Do not isolate yourself. The devil's going to rage on your mind. That's his playground. First Peter 4.1, arm yourself with the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5, put on the mind of Christ. And the more you have the word of God and you're flooding your mind, the less he can bring deception. That First Timothy 4.1 and 2 is rid of its ugly head like never before these last two or three years. It's a lying, seducing, deceiving spirit of deception. And it's time that you take back that territory the devil stole. He has no authority to do that. And uh, a lot of people think, well God doesn't want me. Yes he does. Second Peter three nine, first Timothy two four, God wants all to repent. He doesn't want to lose anybody, but it's a choice. You know in John four fourteen, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. See Jesus is going to give you the living water. But the water I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You know it's amazing. Everybody has an opportunity to live forever and ever and ever. Yet you got a demon spirit of Antichrist, First John four three, a deaf and dumb spirit, Mark nine twenty five and twenty six, and the blind spirit, Second Corinthians four four. This is why you have five billion people. Who rejected the Lord? Anytime you talk to anybody about the Lord, you need to bind up those three in the name of Jesus, Matthew eighteen eighteen, Matthew sixteen nineteen. Every single time, and also, they'll you'll say, "Well, I'll do that next time." I tell them, "Well, every time you say next time, it gets easier next time to say next time." Too late, gate, and it, it, again, again, I give them Second Corinthians six two. today's the day of salvation. Now's the point of time, and I've seen guys get killed, stabbed to death, got their jugular cut. See, they didn't know they were going to die. The Mars not promised anybody. Proverbs twenty-seven-one. I I should have died seven times in my life. Now, you might be thinking, "No, I never did drugs in my whole life. I never drank." But some of those times, it happened so fast, you just don't know. So at the end of the program, we're going to have an altar call. It's a divine appointment for you, golden moment, but it's your choice. It's your choice. So uh, the thing is, we talked about love, but we can't let love and mercy act as an advertising to beautify us. You know, 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourself inside the Lord. He will lift us up. Humility is what God wants in us all. That doesn't mean that you think less of yourself, but that you think of yourself less. Pride has to be dethroned. God hates pride. Hates pride. He hates pride. James four six. First Peter five five. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. It's abomination. Proverbs sixteen five. And if you're a believer, you continue to walk in pride. Pride goes before the fall, verse eighteen. He will target it. I was just looking at Hebrews twelve, five, and six. And I never liked that one. <laughs> it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So it's not if you're gonna go through something, it's when and how hard you're gonna you're gonna get hit. But God but God's purpose is is to make us more like the Lord. And I spend a third of my life in the furnace of affliction. Isaiah
3: 48.10 It's a
2: hard place, but you know what? That's where God does His best work. He does His best work. The spiritual thirst it's satisfied only by spiritual intimacy with God. Do you you, some of you out there listening, so I know God. Well, or is there an intimate relationship with Him? Do you learn more about Him? Are you receiving His love, compassion, mercy, and grace, and forgiveness? God says in Romans twelve nineteen, "I will take care of it." So let Him, let Him take care of it. It's time. That we surrender everything. Because there's no you know, they keep talking about peace in the world. There's never gonna be peace till the Prince of Peace comes back. In John sixteen, thirty three, Jesus says, In me you will have peace. In the world tribulation. Be a good cheer, I have overcome the world. What is it that's keeping you from this relationship that the three of us are talking about? you'll have that opportunity.
1: We've uh, posted our number in the uh, chat room. If anybody wants to call in for prayer, our number is 646-716-5808. And if you call in for prayer, as soon as you hear the show on your phone, just press one and that'll let you know that you want to uh, to talk to Mel and uh, have, have him pray for you
0: prayer
2: invades the impossible yes prayerlessness is powerlessness I get a lot of people in in prisons oh God where are you hey he's always been here bro where you been now you're now you're facing state penitentiary now you want to talk to God (laughs) amazing
1: well that's the, that's human nature. Usually, is to wait until you're backed into a corner, and then start, you know, calling out
2: to God. There isn't any other way, I guess. I'm on the radio station. Call back. What yeah, it's it's uh, you know the beauty is he's there twenty four hours a day. You know, many times I've been struggling with pain. And you're up three in the morning. God God doesn't sleep. He listens to every prayer. Uh, you know, it's it just such an awesome, loving God that you can't even hardly ex- express it. But when I talked about humility and love, well, that'll produce loyalty. And, uh, unfortunately, betrayal, there's too much betrayal going on. And, uh, you know, someone said to me, well, God doesn't know what I'm going. Yes, he does. He knows everything. And Jesus understands, you know, Jesus was betrayed, Judas. That's a brutal thing. He was, he was denied three times by his. His bud Peter. He was deserted by the disciples. His really friends. He, he, he was doubted by Thomas. Rejected by his people. And what he went through was horrible. He understands pain—physical pain, psychological pain, emotional pain. He went through more than anybody ever before or since. After he, or after he came. And he went through anything and everything that we went through and more. Now, I should have died seven times. I never sweat blood. Our Lord Jesus Christ understands emotional stress. Great. Those tiny capillaries in his sweat glands broke and mixed the blood with his sweat. That's called hematidrosis. I, I think that's how you... You pronounce it. Or it's called bloody sweat. Boy, you think about how much to love. Again, he says, nevertheless, Father, take this cup from me. Nobody can say God doesn't love him. You can't say that. Love is what sent him there. Love is what kept him. You know, in Gethsemane, he could have called 10,000 angels or to wipe those Nazis. Well, the Romans were like Nazis. I call them Nazis, too. And you had one Roman soldier could defend a 12-by-12-foot square against a hundred other soldiers. They were some bad dudes. But you don't think Jesus loves you? He was beaten, battered, bruised, dehydrated, exhausted from a sleepless night and a scourging. You had a club attached to strips of leather, attached to bone... And rock. Now the Jews got 39 lashes. Romans didn't count. Blows cut deep into the tissues. And the skin torn. Uh, First the blood would ooze and spurt. His back was like a long torn ribbon. And torn bleeding tissues. And when, when near death. Then they stopped. That's how evil they were. Then that crown of thorns. No, they don't just put it up there real neat. That region had these long, sharp thorns. They thrust it, pounded it on his head. I've had a lot of acupuncture. Boy, when they, that hurt the needles, and I can't imagine how that hurt the Lord. They put a robe on his bloody naked body, and when the robe was torn from his back later, it was stuck to his back. That loss of blood that makes you weak. You're in shock. And then that wooden beam was overwhelming. Now you think about this: the skin was torn asunder. He's still bleeding and sweating that cold, clammy sweat of shock. Yet he is what about about 650 yards from the fortress, uh, Antonia to then guards made this Simon of Cyrene carry the cross because Jesus, Jesus couldn't do it. But the horror, that horror of being nailed to a tree. They, people think they, there's a nail in, in his palm of his hand. No, it ripped. It was a spike. There's, there's an indentation at your wrist. That's where they. Yeah, that's right. They nailed it. His left foot pressed backwards against his right foot. Those thick spikes were driven through the arch of each foot. And you talk about the fiery pain that would shoot up his arm and explode in a brain as the cross is pushed into the dugout hole to keep it upright. Then Jesus puts his full weight on the large spikes through his feet. I think the seary agony, searing agony of the spike tear, tearing the nerves between the bones of his feet. And then the arms fatigue and great waves of cramp will sweep over the muscles, nodding them in deep, relentless, throbbing pain. Now, these, these, the, the cramps, the inability to push himself upward, I know this is vivid and bu- brutal, but I want you all listening to understand... The love of what he did for us. That you could come to him tonight. That's what he went through for you and me and what love, what love. Now hanging on his arms those pectoral muscles. They're paralyzed with pain. Now here's a lot of, here's something that a lot of people don't know. Air can be drawn into the lungs, but it cannot be exhaled. So he fights to raise himself in order to get even one short breath. Remember, this is a tree with bark and his ripped, torn back must go up and down just to get a short breath. You Do you praise the Lord that you can breathe? I've done some celebrity fundraiser for cystic fibrosis. They're all in the machine about breathing. If you kind of, your blessings, you can see, walk, talk, and hear, go to the bathroom both ways. You need to do that. Our Lord's skin was torn, shredded, ribboned down to the bone. Now you think of the hours of this limitless pain, cycles of twisting, joint rending cramps, searing pain as tissue is torn from his lacerated back as he moves up and down against the rough timber. I said this twice, twice, so it could sink in and be absorbed. Such love, such love. And it all it's all for our, the gift of eternal life. Then we we got to think about Psalm 22, which was written a thousand years before Christ came. They didn't have crucifixion in, Psalm, in David's time. The 14th verse, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. David wrote this prophecy a thousand years before. And the Uh, they never even heard of crucifixion at that time. Then you look at Isaiah, you swear. Oh, Lord. In Isaiah chapter 53, he had to have been there to see, he prophesied this 740 years before our Lord came. And there was no crucifixion in Isaiah's time either. I could go on and on about how our Lord suffered for you and me not a pretty picture it can leave one despondent and depressed and even as he went through the brutal pain and suffering Jesus still thought of others what a loving Savior the first words spoken from the cross Father forgive them for they know what they do I mean that was awesome thought about his mother everything the miracles of atonement a risen Savior who's coming back you who are listening, write this down: First Thessalonians four, fourteen through seventeen. The dead in Christ rise first. Those are the ones we led to the Lord. They passed away, but their spirit and soul went immediately with the Lord. But their bodies are going to be resurrected. It's not going to be one with cancer and pain and any. It's going to be one like the Lord, What love. So, thing you need to really put on your heart: Jesus is the Son of God, and is God. Second person of Trinity Trinity. And uh I like to remind myself of what he went through. And uh what you can't even understand that kind of love. Amen, brother.
1: Yeah, I some time um, ago I read a uh uh, something that somebody had written it was written by an md who described everything that was done physically to jesus what he suffered and it was just unreal you've covered quite a bit of it here today but there was even more yeah and what's interesting i don't know if you what you think about the, the shroud of turin but i believe that's actually his burial cloth because yes there are so many things from that image that uh, are in line with uh, you know what he what he experienced when he was uh, whipped and everything else that happened to him, and then when he was on the cross. So it, it's just you know, as you were speaking, you know, it's it, you know, it was just unbelievable what he the pain that he must have experienced. It's
2: just yeah, just that, and and yeah. uh, spit on it, everything. I mean, they were. It's just amazing, absolutely amazing. But boy, I got I, I just love those. Those miracles that took place at that time, uh, but you know that that first miracle is, is still astounds me that's in luke twenty three forty four It was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over the earth until the ninth hour. Now, that wasn't like the dark thats we see outside. This darkness lasted three hours, and it was in the middle of the day, twelve noon to three. It it was not an eclipse. That lasts only a few minutes. And that occurred, uh, this occurred during Passover feast. And that's always observed at the time of the full moon. So when an eclipse would be impossible. This was miraculous darkness. And you could imagine what those people, when when Jesus was up on a cross and this all at once, God turned, turned the lights out. The whole world that was God's dynamic answer to the unbeliever, the critic, the scoffer, the atheist, and uh the rejector of Jesus <clears throat> no wonder the sun refused to shine on the crucifixion of its maker mm-hmm. but uh that was that was really uh i I mean I just when I saw that, I said, "Wow. Then the second one, again, w- w- was a miracle because there was a, a veil in the temple. That was Matthew twenty seven fifty one. Behold, the veil of the temple was rent or torn in two, in two from top to the bottom. The earth did quake and the rocks rent. Well, this happened simultaneously. The earthquake wasn't responsible for the veil being torn. That was independent of the earthquake and is immediately connected with the loud cry of the three greatest words ever spoken. It is finished. Now, that veil was this huge curtain like thick as a man's hands, approximately maybe 60 feet high. It hung between the holy and the most holy place in the temple. So, it hung in loose folds Never stretched or drawn tight, so nobody could have just cut it or torn by a direct stroke because it was soft and resilient. you got two if you got two oxen on one side or the other pulling it, they couldn't have tore it. But when Jesus said it is finished an invisible hand, it's like whoosh, cut that thing from top to bottom, and it was divine. Even the skeptics of that day admitted the reality of this mysterious phenomenon. But the purpose was to divide. Scriptures had established this by the pronouncement, the veil should shall divide. So on one side was the presence of God, the other side was man. Well now, with what Jesus finished work, you knock and say, Father, I come to the name I come to the name of Jesus you. you're right in the throne room. Because that veil symbolized the flesh and humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Hebrews 10, I think it was 19 and 20. Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. I mean, that was, that was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. But that's there. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
1: It was. I think, I think, a, I believe that an angel used their sword. Oh, yeah. To, to, to go down the middle of that veil.
2: It was just amazing. That's definitely. It just went, that's how fast that thing went.
3: <laughs> but yeah. you know what well, really
2: tickled me? <laughs> go ahead.
3: I wanted to say, uh, Brother Mel, the way I understand the design of the veil, because they needed absolute separation between the Holy of Holies, you know, um, and, and uh, you know, the priest could only go in with something tied to his foot, you know, uh, to drag him out of there if he was killed. Um, but that that was rent, but the way they designed it, it was very thick. And somebody mentioned to me, you know how a seat belt, seat belts, how they are, are like triple weaved. You know, those are not easily cut. And so the the design of the veil was something like that to be very thick and strong. And uh, wow, it, it it surely was cut by uh, the, you know. Of the angel of the Lord, or something, because it wasn't—it wasn't something that any person could have could have done.
2: But no, that's impossible.
3: Been impossible.
2: No, no, no. But you know, the one that tickled me <laughs> it was that fourth miracle, the opening of the graves, the revival, the physical life of numerous saints. And these people were, were dead, buried for who knows how long. That was Matthew 27, 52, 53. But what a miracle that was. That earthquake jarred the tombs. Many of them opened on the surface and the corpses were exposed for a few days only after the resurrection of Christ. But many of these saints rose from the dead or they went forth from their graves and their natural bodies revived as in the case of Lazarus. You know, you think about Hello, I'm your great-great-grandfather. <laughs> that must have freaked all those people out. But that's <laughs> what happened.
3: Yeah, resurrection yeah. power had been loosed. Yeah. Right? The resurrection power was was there in their midst, and people got up and not only rose from the grave, but walked around and interacted with people.
2: Yeah, they... Uh, that's why the devil uses. Jesus said in Second Corinthians 4, four Satan blinds the minds and hearts of the unbeliever. He's a god of this age, small G. Uh, this is why it's crucial. If you want to lead someone to Christ, you better bind up the deaf and dumb spirit of lying spirit, the spirit of Antichrist. Lord, rebuke them. Jude nine, Zechariah three two, and you loose the resurrection power, Jesus. Bam. Amen. And, you know the other one is resistance, hindrance and delay. This is a real demonic spirit. Uh in Daniel ten, verse twelve and thirteen, the angel said, Daniel, man of God, your prayers answered immediately. Prince of Persia held me up twenty one days. A lot of times when someone's prayers are held up, nothing's answered. They'll usually give up. That's why I always give Luke eighteen one. Don't give up, keep on praying. Uh, you can't Jesus didn't give up on us in Gethsemane but the devil's good at doing that and then if someone's faith isn't strong enough or they're listening to the lies from the pit of hell through their ears they say well it's not working for me well you know one of my miracles took 12 hours I ever going to amputate my leg or I was going to die my mother wouldn't let him she prayed that was fast. Yet I had 10 throat jerseys in 10 years. That wasn't fast. That was not easy. But God was still working. And it showed people, my mother prayed and fasted seven years. And that was, that was hard. I'm going to tell you, that was tough. I didn't want to learn sign language because I couldn't talk for seven weeks at a time. And... uh then I had, I got hit in the eye with a 90 mile racquetball, ripped my eye. was healed 16 hours from the time I was hit. Freaked the doctors out. They said this never happened again. Well, they got a dose of, of God's miracle. You know, cancer. I had prostate cancer. That took, I got healed in maybe six years, and I didn't do chemo or, or radiation. So. My encouragement is I don't want anybody to give up whatever you're going through. He's, he's there with you. In Jeremiah 17:14, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. I don't know if I said this before, but when I was, the doctor said to me, Well, Mel, you got prostate cancer. And I went, Wow. About two seconds later, I says, "Well, praise the Lord." He looked at me like something was wrong with me. He said, "Excuse me." Well, Second Chronicles twenty fifteen, First Samuel seventeen forty seven. God says the battle's mine. So you who are listening, what battle are you going through? God said the battle's mine. Are you going to trust Him? They and one seven. God is good as strong gold. In the day of trouble, He knows those who trust Him. The next is fourteen fourteen. God says. You keep your peace. I'll fight your battle. But you know, I am seeing so many believers overwhelmed with the spirit of anxiety. If you have anxiety, you do not have peace. That's impossible. But you will have headaches and high blood pressure. It's a fiery dart to the devil. Are you praying your spiritual armor on every day, which is a command in Ephesians 6:11? If you don't have it, go to my website, melnovak.com, M-E-L-N-O-V-A-K.com, and download it. And pray it daily. I guarantee you, things will change in your life. It's all scriptural. The Holy Spirit brought that forth. So, there's different battles. And even as a Christian, Psalm 3419 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers out of them all. Doesn't say when. Doesn't say when. I've been struggling for seven years with daily pain. From a, a trash my shoulder playing ball. And uh, I did a fight in a movie. I did As an actor, I did my own stunts. And I got a disc that moved over two inches. And I'm having a heart really struggling. But. I pray every day. I'm praying, believing. I'm praying in expectation. Psalm sixty-two, five. I'll never give up. God's time is different, our He's He's always on time. Amen. So, Amen. Want, we I pray, to pray for you a lot, brother.
3: Yeah, we pray I for you. I appreciate that. Believe you. Yeah, it's. uh
2: yeah. It's, I've been having. Tough time eating the last this past week. Walking, I was a world class athlete. Ran 100 yards in 9.6. Played football, baseball, basketball, track. And uh, after those 190 out of 190, prayed that salvation prayer. I mean, I got laid low. But God is good. A stronghold in day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in Mayhem one seven. So I'm just gonna keep battling and keep doing what I was called to do. And I, I, I'm I'm totally believing that God's gonna do He's gonna heal me. In Luke 137 he says, Mel, nothing's impossible with me. And in Jeremiah thirty two, seventeen and twenty seven, Mel, is anything too hard for me? He answers, No, nothing's too hard for me. So I gotta hold on to that. Got to hold on to that, and and Chuck, you know we we're, we're in a you're in a ministry like we're in. There's going to be heavier attacks. Oh, yeah. I just this Christian guy said to me, "Wow, man, I I never had any surgery, I never any." I said, "Yeah, but you never did anything for the Lord either." Well, I'm going to do it. Yeah, well, when? Second Tuesday of next week.
1: Yep, yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, we we have a lot of POWs on the in the pews, huh. the pews, and, and uh, you
2: know tells us Mark nine twenty five and twenty six, God says when you pray if you have unforgiven your heart God in heaven will forgive you but it says that those are taken prisoner by the devil who has no authority power. Mm-hmm. The ones that are POWs, they don't have time for prayer, don't have time for the word of God, don't have time to go to church or Bible studies, don't have time to do my arsenal prayer. I've given over 200,000 of those arsenal prayers. And I've got people from penitentiaries who are lifers who have more peace and joy than you could even shake a stick at. Because now they're they're suited up, booted up, and I'm not home yet. Like up at San Quentin, the, the ones on death row, you know, two-thirds of them are saved. Praise the Lord. They'll never get out praise of there, Lord. but they have a destination. But you've got to encourage those who are POWs. They've got to get in the word and praise. Praise is the biggest weapon against the devil you could imagine. Yeah. Psalm eighteen three, God alone is worthy of praise. Psalm 50, verse 23, is God's will that we praise him. Psalm 34, 1, that praise should be continuous. To praise the Lord anyhow, not when you're lavishly blessed, but just to praise the Lord. Uh, I'm constantly doing that, and I will continue. In Psalm 150, verse 6, I told those inmates, let everything have breath, praise the Lord. You're breathing. You know what's really nice is when they come into the into the chapel, you can see them beaten down, discouraged, and everything else, because discouragement is the devil's most worn-out tool. And after 30 minutes of the word, another 30 minutes, because I always do an hour-and-a-half sermon, and uh, you can just see them getting uplifted, revived, and I told this last bunch, uh, last, uh, this past Tuesday. <laughs> I says, okay, bro. All you brothers, I made you armed and dangerous in the spiritual realm. But you better pray that arsenal prayer every day. And especially when you leave here. Boy, this one guy said, well, I'm busy. so's the devil. And I asked that inmate, I said, you go a to toilet?
3: smell. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sit on a oh, toilet. I have to borrow that one. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that just hit me so funny. I'm busy. So is the devil. Oh, goodness yeah. sake. And then I said, yeah, "I, need
2: to I said, you go a to toilet? Yeah. We'll go sit on a toilet and pray Don't tell me you don't have time. I, I'm tired of excuses.
1: Yeah, I've noticed the closer you get to the Lord, the harder it is to, to, uh, find time to pray or, you know, because, because the devil is doing everything he can to, you know, take up your time with other things. <laughs> yeah, and it does. It it does become a challenge. Believe me. And you know, I'm sure you, you're aware of that.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. You know, I, I get letters from uh, inmates saying, uh, Someone in this prison had this, this arsenal prayer. Could you send me or, or have have some of your, your staff? I don't have a staff. I have nobody. I have to do it all myself. You know, people tell, oh, yeah, I'm going to help you. And then all at once, they're like Claude Rains, the invisible man. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you got to, you know, I have to continually, fortunately, you know, you write sermons and stuff. You're in the Word but uh yeah time time you know it's people need to understand about we're going to be held accountable for the time that we have the time after after we receive Jesus well you can bet there's going to be some questions when you get Get home to the Lord. Well, how was your prayer time? How'd you handle adversity? Did you serve? Did you witness? Did you forgive? All these did yous, and some people are going to be embarrassed. Well, that's that's on them, not on me. And I just share it. And uh, what we have to do is keep encouraging. Boy.
3: Amen, and I I feel convicted as you say that I I, I want to know I want to know, Lord God, where I fall short, what what you need me to do more of. And Psalm thirty two eight. Boy, that eight. is something.
2: Psalm thirty two eight. You go to that one. God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Holy Spirit always reveals.
3: Amen. Uh, yeah. And We we d- d- depend on that, uh, you know, acknowledging the Lord that He might direct our path.
2: <laughs> we depend oh, on yeah, that a lot.
3: I, but that, that's the uh, ministry we do because uh, have to. otherwise it'd just be lost.
2: Yeah, it's, it's uh, people, this is what happens to some people that got in trouble. Here comes a choice or a decision to make. No prayer about it No brainstorming, no nothing with anybody and they make it and, and disaster hits. Well devil's good at blindsiding and at uh landlines and roadblocks and everything else. But the best thing to do is you call someone, you pray with them. What do you what do you think? What do you get on this? Uh it's just so important for us, to, before you make any kind of uh, a hard decision.
3: Well, especially, Brother, if it is uh, if we're basing our decisions on the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, or the pride of life. If it's something that we want, you know, like sometimes we pray, you know, we pray we want this one thing or we want we want this one person, you know, to be our help meet or or anything like that. And we keep praying and keep praying and we don't we don't get what we want. It may be a blessing that the Lord is not giving us what we want. We we need to be praying that his will be done and be submitted to, to that um, because. That's how the devil's going to trip us up is by one oh, yeah. of those three ways. Yep. Yeah, but by our That's own heart, sure. deceived by our own hearts. Oh goodness! Well, sakes.
2: James one thirteen, God never tempts us, and many times something happens what we want, and then we realize that I, me, and my is the unholy trinity. And I remember, my goodness. 16, 18 years ago, I met this gal in my Bible study, and man, we were going to get married and everything, and God shut that thing down, and I didn't, there there were things that were held, was uh, an alcoholic, on drugs, uh, paranoid, schizophrenic, see, what I wanted, is God says, "Mm mm-mm, I don't think so, but, uh, So that's why we got to pray and talk to to people that you could be in agreement and see what, well, what does God want here? What does God want? Remember, I had uh, a four-movie deal that would have made me a millionaire, but would also take, and I had starring roles in there and also co-producing with David Sheldon. And uh, would have taken me to Europe, and all at once, this this guy—I was trying to lead him to the Lord. He was an arbitrage; he lost, he lost a hundred million dollars in his dealings. Of course, all those contracts we had—that's gone. They're all gone. And I was really ticked. I—I I was at my Bible study. That devil that maggot messed this up this Jewish girl for christ she said, that wasn't a devil that was God. What are you talking about? Well, you'd have been gone probably for two years uh, you you would have let's see you average what four to five thousand souls every year. God wasn't going to let that happen. He says you'll do movies, but you're not going to be going away for. <laughs> she was right see God has a plan Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 11 verse 13 he says you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart many times we want something uh, right now I'm praying for There's a three ladies that I'm praying for really a, a, a Christ centered husband for them and uh You know, the one made a bad choice. She didn't listen. And she's paying the piper on that one. So it's difficult. When you tell someone, wait, and again I say wait, (laughs) they give you dirty looks.
1: Yeah, I understand that.
2: Yeah. But it's just a good thing. I've given Psalm thirty two eight probably over twenty five hundred times in my messages and counseling. And then a lot of people hit with fear. They get get a doctor's report and fear fear will paralyze. Fear and faith can't live in the same heart. Second Timothy one seven, we don't serve God of fear, we've got a lot of power and a sound mind. Uh Psalm twenty-seven, one: The Lord is my light and my salvation; whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. What shall I be afraid? As God is my judge, it has nothing to do with matcha. It has to do with with my Lord. When I had cancer, when I was dying, all those times, I never had fear. The name of Jesus is above cancer, too. Philippians mm-hmm. two nine, Ephesians one twenty through twenty-three. But what happens? Uh, When I'm finding a lot of people, they have a fear of taking a risk. And fear of failure is a leading cause of failure. I told those inmates the last two services, anybody think they're a failure? Put your hand down. There are no failures. We've all failed in something. It doesn't make you a failure. You can use it as a learning experience to move on for what God has. What does God want? But we've got to pray ahead with the Holy, Holy Spirit's guidance. If you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. So, and what I tell those inmates, you know, be aware of pride and ego wearing its ugly head. That doesn't work. But remember, on a tree, where, where is the fruit? Way out there on a the limb. The failure is never, fi- never final. I tell them, hey, you screwed up. You're here. From Adam and Eve to me standing here, the only one who was never subdued by Satan was Jesus Christ. So you're in the majority. We've all sinned. Romans 3.23, we've all made mistakes. But I just tell them, it's too soon to quit. Don't you quit. The current chapter of your life doesn't have to be the failure chapter. Or the final chapter, think about that oak tree, that little that little acorn, <laughs> man, oh man, and then the, some it says in the Bible the mustard seed of faith, I got a whole little thing of those mustard seeds really small,
1: yeah, I've seen pictures of them they're very tiny,
2: yeah, they're it's and awesome.
1: then when they and when they grow they they grow up into uh, trees that birds can nest in. Yeah, it's just amazing.
2: But you know what? Failure can also show people what what doesn't work, and it can lead them to be more creative. And uh, but what that has to do is failure must force you to evaluate, evaluate your life. And this is what yeah, I heard that about. Are-
1: yeah, I heard that about uh, Thomas Edison once. Uh, he didn't mind failure because every time he failed, he knew that was one way, uh, one thing that didn't work.
2: Yeah. So he was
1: he was one step closer to finding what would work.
2: Yeah, some of those guys were incredible. <laughs> yeah. What oh, they yeah. invented and everything. Oh, my goodness. But again, it comes down, you know, uh, uh, my being telling myself the truth, my being honest, because honesty confronts. Deception. Uh, it has to be truth with love, and it's hard for a lot of people on skid row and prisons to tell themselves the truth. And I'm, I tell them I'm, I'm really blunt. Well, I have this disease. I'm an alcoholic. That's not a disease. That's a choice. Cancer is a disease. Or some of these pro athletes, well, I have this disease of cocaine. No, 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 no. Not a disease, bro. You have a lot of money and you made a choice to take that. But, uh, ugh, oh, gotta tell, tell us up the truth. But the worst type of error has a little bit of truth. And this is why pride will produce dishonor. We had three stabbings yesterday in Skid Row. Same guy, he just went and stabbed three different people three different areas Then you got people blind to their own pride but it will defile pride will defile you Uh, and you know there's more scar tissue in us because a lot of people were wrongly corrected Uh, I raised my daughters and thank God I wasn't you know, killing their Christ esteem and their their life, and I've seen people do that, and it's horrible. You got to correct with love and treasure God's ways and words, His word in our hearts. So it's it's just there's so much that we have to look look for because the devil uses family. Strife and division, critical, and judgmental, to really make those POWs. And this one gal I know, she told me when when I meet meet a gal, I, I start asking questions. They think I'm great, but what I'm doing, I'm searching. First of all, they got to be born again, uh, otherwise, you know, it's not going to work. The gal said. My mother took me to Skid Row to meet. I met my father for the first time. He was 14. When I was 14, he was an alcoholic on Skid Row. So, right there is rejection, abandonment, betrayal. Boy. Boy, boy, boy. So, what we got to do, brother and sister, we got to courage people's faith, uh, a really good one I found to meditate on, Psalm 142 and Psalm 143, uh, very powerful. In verse 3, Psalm 142, David said, and this is King David, when my spirit was overwhelmed in me, then you knew my path. Verse 4, he repeats, my spirit is so overwhelmed in me, my heart within me is desolate. So what's David saying to God? I'm drowning in trouble. I'm under attack. It's bringing me down. Well, a lot of people are going through different troubles. Psalm 107, verse 6, 13, 19, and 28. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and God delivered them from their distress. Got to learn to cry out and never give up. In Psalm 142, 6, and 7, David cries to the Lord. Hear my cry for I am brought very low. Bring my soul out of prison. So these words were written for our sake, even though they were written so many years and years and years ago for our instruction. And that's, this is encouragement for all God's people who who are uh, overwhelmed, by trials, troubles, tribulations, circumstances, conditions, situations, uh, adversities, afflictions, calamities. I hated calamities. But when I was hit with the calamity, I'd run to Psalm 57, one: Have mercy on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me. For my soul trust in you. The shadowy wings will make a refuge until these calamities pass me by. We don't know when, but they should sometimes last too long. But there's so many people now that I know that I'm ministering with. They're drowning in health, finances, relationships, marriages, pain, suffering, uh, diseases, sickness. And the truth is, in the real world, life can be brutally overwhelming and distressful. Storms of life where the winds of adversity blow at hurricane force. And like David, we, 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 we face floods of troubles. Isaiah 43:2. When you walk through the waters, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, I mean it's a wonderful scripture. You will not be burned. But we, you, you got, sometimes you got to go through it. And we endure sickness, calamities, death of loved ones, uh, hellish attack of our enemy Satan against people against their faith, mentally, emotionally, physically. And it's in the in our overwhelming times in the furnace of affliction is where we learn to seek God and cry out in our pain. In Psalm one hundred forty two two, David said I poured out my complaint before him, before God, I showed before him my trouble. Psalm one hundred forty three one in your faithfulness answer me. Well you who are listening, is this where you are? Do what David did. Psalm one forty three six As I stretch forth my hands to you, my soul thirsts after you as a thirsty land." In verse 7 and 8, hide not your face from me. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way that I should walk for I lift up my soul to you. Then in Psalm 143, 9 through 11, I love what David does. Deliver me, O Lord, from my from my enemies. I flee to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will. For you, you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for your name's sake. Your righteousness sake, bring my soul out of trouble. David always, at the beginning of the psalms, he's going through a real hard stuff, but always in the end, he's believing God's going to deliver him. This is what we need to do because in John fifteen five, Jesus without me, you could do nothing. Ephesians six ten, be strong in the Lord, power His might, and. When you have Christ in your heart, God hears every one of our prayers. Proverbs 15:29. So, if you don't have your armor on, your spiritual armor which is a command in Ephesians 6:11, you're going to get a taste of what I call the deadly dees that'll really bring you down. It says above all put on your shield of faith, Ephesians 6:16, 6, to quench every fiery dart. Well, the darts become arrows and spears, and what happens if your shield is down, you're not prayed up, suited up, booted up, you'll get hit with a fiery dart disappointment, discouragement, doubt, discontent, despair, despondency, disillusionment, demoralization, ejection, depression. Depression real, but it comes from the devil, and you will hear that demon's spirit whispering to take your life. That's not, suicide is not the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. Remember Robin Williams used to hear these voices. I told him it's demons. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. They would always say, go hang yourself, go hang yourself. Well, eventually he did. Uh, I'd encourage you to get that Arsenal prayer downloaded from my website and pray it daily. And pray it with someone else. Deuteronomy 32:31. Believer sends a thousand demons to flight, two cents, ten thousand. Prayer is powerful. And God hears our prayer, He answers prayer. Oh, Lord. So many walking wounded.
1: Yes, there are. Well, I just want to encourage everyone... No, go ahead.
3: No, go ahead, brother.
1: I was just going to encourage everybody, if you'd like prayer for anything, please feel free to call in. Our number is 646-716-5808. And if you have a need right now, we're more than willing to stand together and in agreement and pray for you.
2: We have a lot of people listening today.
3: We don't have all that many people, uh, listening today, and we were also having little problems with the MixLR streaming server, I believe, but... Yeah, uh, they hung in there.
2: Janet did, too, uh, last, uh, last Wednesday. Same thing, having okay. trouble.
3: Hmm. Well, I thought maybe it was, uh, my, you know, my cable or something like that, but, um, uh, I kept getting a notice that my bandwidth was low, but then um, I checked my bandwidth and it's fine. And finally, I got I got a couple of notices actually that uh, I needed to restart the Mixlr streaming server. And everybody's having to refresh, and it's a little annoying, but it it will it will go into the archives. It'll record. Yeah, okay. and I bound uh, I,
2: I bound all that up before we even got on a year.
3: Well, you know what? The devil didn't want this uh didn't want these programs no. going out tonight. Something no, happened does. with uh Brother Pablo who usually does the show after after you were going to be on and he had to cancel and you know, we just uh we just submit these things to the Lord as well and ask him to you know, go before us in all ways. We we get a lot of this trash from the enemy trying to interfere. Oh, yeah. I got to bind up
2: lockdown, fights, stabbings, uh, deputies who won't let inmates come. I mean, I got to do all this stuff going in. Then I got to bind up hepatitis, TB, staff, MRSA, pink eye. I mean, it's a constant. Praying, going in, praying, leaving. After after we do the show, I'm going to be binding up all spirits of retribution, revenge, retaliation, any backlash.
1: Yeah, that uh, arsenal prayer is really good. How long did it take you to put that together?
2: You know, it wasn't that long. It was, I was seeing as I, and I've had that now for probably 16 years, but I'm watching people and myself getting, getting attacked. And the Holy Spirit led me to do that. And when I had Connie who lives up in Washington. She was here. I had married her and her husband. She said, That's too you have too much. It's not gonna fit. Yes it will. No, it won't. Just just do it. So we got the first page and then on the back of it, this will never fit. You got all those scriptures. I'm not taking those scriptures out. I know those are the ones I gotta leave on to encourage. And when she typed it out, she says I would have never believed. I said, well, I told you the Holy Spirit gave me this. And uh, what I do with inmates who, who are believers now, to pray that twice a day before they go to court, then on the day they're going to court, pray it in their cell, on the bus, in the holding area. And you bind up in the name of Jesus, any unclean spirit coming against you buy from or through anyone you know don't know used to know Lord rebuke them you lose blessings and favor mercy and grace you're you're binding up every aspect of anybody coming at you and people are getting miracles and they're getting out and they're serving the Lord now but it's a daily thing that's why I tell those inmates they get a kick out of that one I say one of the inmates well I'm busy I tell him well so is the devil Do you go to the toilet
0: <laughs>
2: you know God he gives me favor when I do these things and I have a boldness so it it, it, it works out you know Skidrow Row and, and prisons it's amazing I lasted this long that's all I can tell you
3: Amen and you didn't lose your voice you still have a voice for preaching the gospel and um. Uh, can you imagine? I'd have been one with one eye,
2: one leg, and can't talk, <laughs>
3: and, and it could only move one arm. Oh my goodness! Nope. The yeah. lo- I love the scripture that you you actually pointed this one out to me, and I use it a lot. I do. I use this scripture in declarations as well because I know that I, I'm I'm not perfect, but I know no, that I will? strive for the Lord's righteousness. Right. We all fall short of the glory of God. Um but uh but I try to um I try to to seek his righteousness. To thirst, you know, for his righteousness. And Good. the Lord says we'll receive a blessing for that. And um I feel blessed even in my persecution and I'm not I'm not being high and mighty at all I'm just saying that a lot of times the warfare is in praise and it's in thanksgiving and uh, uh, but but the scripture I was going to mention is Psalm 34 uh, 17 through uh,
2: 19
3: 19 yeah, thir- yeah 34 17 through 19 and, and uh, it says the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles the Lord That's is nigh unto them Right, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. And many are—this is my favorite part—many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Amen. That's
2: why uh, you have to give Luke eighteen one right after that because sometimes it's a long time. Don't give up. Keep on praying. In 2 uh, Corinthians 4.12, don't lose heart. Don't don't get discouraged. And you know, when prayers aren't being answered, it's it's easy to, to get discouraged when you're going through stuff. And uh, Well, it's I have funny
3: you mentioned something. that. Um, I, I received a word from the Lord, brother, and he told me, um, essentially to hold fast, he told me that there was a, a harvest coming if I did not faint. Now, that was like um, that was almost like an admonishment as well, a correction. You know, be strong and don't faint. I don't want to miss the harvest. That's no, that works. was an
2: encouragement. I don't think it was an admonishment. That was that was okay. okay. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. Second Corinthians okay 4, the Lord four sixteen.
2: Second Corinthians four sixteen. Don't lose heart. Keep on praying. See that that's the thing, boy. discouragement yeah. when someone gets discouraged, and we all know first thing to go is you stop praying, you stop reading the word, you stop taking time with the Lord, and uh it it's it's a trick of the devil because when discouragement comes in uh we have to conquer it. But the thing is, people need to look within themselves and prayer for, prayerfully examine themselves for the underlying cause. Again, we got to tell ourselves the truth. Then the next I thing we got to admit, remit, submit, commit to the Lord, we got to admit that we are discouraged. It's easy to avoid, ignore, or lie about it, but denial is another deadly deed, and it guarantees failure. So what we got to do is, Identify precisely what we're discouraged about. We name it, we face it, and we bind it up in the name of Jesus and confront it and, and, and overcome. We're overcomers. Then we have to recall the nature of the discouragement, like disappointments come and go. And anybody that's disappointed listening, change the D to an H, make it his appointment, and get on your knees. Because here comes discouragement. So, discouragement yeah. is a choice that we make. But what we got to do is meditate frequently on God's Word. This way, you can accurately judge what you feel by what is real. So, we take our area of discouragement to God in prayer. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28-30, 1 Peter 5, 6. And ask Him to reveal what He wants to teach us. In this area of our life, but see the thing is the very key is we got to focus on God, not our situation, and ask Him to help us see whatever is there and what lessons that I can learn from that. Then we view the we view the cause as coming from the Lord. If we understand that He allows disappointments and discouragement. We can, we can find an opportunity for growth, even in that trial, trouble, tribulation. And the last one is that I feel we've got to confess these three truths aloud. The Lord is with me in the pain. The Lord is, a, is in control of my life and has allowed this for a reason. He is a good God who will turn this disappointment and discouragement into a blessing. Romans eight twenty eight, of course. But, you know, it's the other thing, too, is discouragement may sound harmless to some, but don't ever underestimate its destructive power. So we have to keep watch. We've got to watch like a hawk
3: right. and avoid and that. we have to not receive it into our spirit. You know, there are some yeah. things that we we need, or even if we think they're thoughts, we need to rebuke that and say, "I do not Lord, receive that," you. and declare the word.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's why I say, "Lord, rebuke you." Jude nine, Zechariah three two. I don't rebuke nothing. The Lord hmm. rebuke it. Oh, boy. It's been a busy week. I ministered Saturday and then Sunday I had that that Living Legend Award thing. I was there from five to I didn't leave till like ten thirty. I got to minister on five different stations where they interviewed me. I told Yeah, they started talking about all the movies I did and uh, that I play villains. And once in a while they'll say well, you're supposed to be a minister. How do you play villains all the time? I said, I play them, I play them very good. <laughs> I said, I'm battling the main villain is the devil. But uh, then Monday I had the Bible study. Tuesday was L.A. County Jail. Wednesday, uh, Amiga Man. So you know, it's, it's a constant thing, and we just got to keep on. Crying out to God for deliverance and supernatural strength, divine energy, and guidance, and to increase His love in our life. This is what I pray. Amen.
3: Truth and love. I've been doing do, uh, communion like every day. Uh, you were talking about, uh, you know, introspectively looking at ourselves and judging ourselves lest we be judged. That's That has been... Uh, you know really a profound difference for me because I've been under a lot of attack and
2: um, yeah do you do yeah. the arsenal do you pray the arsenal prayer every day
3: i make use of that after ministry warfare prayer a lot i really do um
2: do you have yeah. your armor on every day
3: every day brother every day some days i you i, got I to. wake up especially I yeah
2: you and Chuck are in ministry. You got to have, you got to be suited up and booted up. Those angels, angels are mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. They have saved my butt countless times of really being harmed. It's amazing. And then when I go into the big penitentiary, I ask God, give me the big ones, give me the nice foot ones. ones. Yeah, give
3: me the big ones. They ask and yeah.
2: you shall receive.
3: Have right. you uh have you been back to the prison where they had the riot last time?
2: No, I'm gonna be there the last uh Sunday this month. That's the juvenile.
3: Have you tried praying peace? Peace and saying peace be still over there.
2: Yeah, I do that before yeah, before I go there. But that that was a planned riot. Mm-hmm. These gangs. Those you know, inmates asked me. What gang were you in? I said, I was in God's gang. That's the only gang you need to be in. <laughs> Boy, gang- and they want to no, know what? What, did I what was my drink? I said, I never drank in my life. What, what, what about drugs? I said, I never did drugs. I had to watch because my drug was women when I was got to, got to Hollywood first. So, you know, Lord had to work that out, too. But uh, the drugs is eating our country out. The choice drug for teenagers is heroin now. It's cheap oh and destructive. And you got a lot of... Well, I don't know what you're for. Not. I thought it and was no meth. No, no more.
1: There's a lot of people that are going into a business uh, with marijuana now that it's been legalized in so many places.
2: Yeah. There are
1: actually businesses where you can, uh, you know, sell the stuff and make a lot of money. I see that advertised a lot on Facebook.
2: Yeah, they have that cannabis salve. Yeah. I tried that on my shoulder and back. It didn't do anything. So I don't <laughs> mess with any of that stuff.
3: Well, you know... um I'll tell you that there there's one of those places seems to have popped up on every corner here uh, in the Portland area and, uh, you know, a lot of growing places, I guess, that are, would be good for growing here in the state of Oregon, and and they push that stuff everywhere. The state got it involved, so in order to have it, you have to get a license, and that's really expensive. That's several hundred dollars. So, if it is of any use um, in that form to to say cancer patients, people who are in extreme pain uh, then they pretty much limit folks who who might be in need uh, i know i I wouldn't have been able to pay three or four hundred dollars for a license for a uh for a pain rub. <laughs> it just seems ridiculous to me actually um, but anyway you know, they're my, everywhere here.
2: My, my newsletter I think it was uh, February and this inmate he was in a prison up in uh, Washington I've been interested in the prisons in Washington and Oregon and uh, he was a head drug distributor in Washington and Oregon he was made $30,000 a week so when he he got arrested, and when he's in prison, now he got to find a way to distribute. He's still getting drugs in there. And he huh. he decided to go to the chapel, be part of the chapel. Then, oh, but see, the thing is, he had to start listening to his sermons. So I came there, and when I go into the prisons, I'm really dressed up. That's my signature. Now, in Skid Row, I'm in denims. So I heard them say, Who's this dude? Looks like he walked out of GQ. We'll see what he has to say. Well, as soon as we had an opening prayer, I jumped on these two inmates who were talking. I was all over them. You want to talk? Go back to your custom made cell. I don't want to hear anybody talking to them. I'll put you out. Well, I'd got their attention. And I start preaching about spiritual warfare, about Jesus Christ's salvation. And I told him about drugs. Drugs, it's a choice. And you, know, you, you want to receive Jesus and you're still doing drugs. You know, you're know, you serving God and mammon. And I happened to just look at this guy and say, what, you don't think God knows you're dealing drugs? The guy panicked.
3: He <laughs> ended up, he, he
2: end up giving his life to Christ. That night, the fear and of the, he the he, Lord he went back to his cell and he 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 took all the drugs and and flushed it down a toilet. Praise the
3: He's Lord. He's
2: in ministry now. He he said, <laughs> "Well, I missed the thirty thousand, but that's okay. The Lord's taking care of me." <laughs> that was I mean, funny.
3: what could you do with thirty thousand dollars a week in prison?
2: So. Well, I know what I'd do. I'd be giving a lot of people money who need it.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, So, uh, are We're going to have an altar call before you close. I don't know what time you close.
1: We've got about 15 minutes. You can do it anytime you want.
2: Yeah. Why don't we do it now so I make sure I get it in? Yeah. Okay. Well, I thank you all for listening and being there. and you who are listening, God's calling you today. Second Corinthians 6 2 said today's the day of salvation. Now's the appointed time. No matter what you've done, the only unforgivable sin is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. If you love Jesus, you'd never do that. In Second Peter 3, 9, verse 4, God wants all to repent. He doesn't want anybody lost. But it's a choice. Joel 2.32, Romans 10.13, Acts 2.21, God says, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. That's you. Acts 16.31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. But you've got to confess with your mouth. Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. And that he's resurrected. And that's the only way to salvation, Acts 4.12. That was Romans ten nine was what you gotta do, is what I'm gonna lead you in this prayer. So if you've done this before, you may be backslidden. God gave first John one nine only for a believer. You confess that sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you that sin cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So today could be your spiritual birthday. You walk from one kingdom to another. So, if you want to receive Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior or rededicate your life, repeat after me Dear Heavenly Father, come to you in the name of Jesus. You said in your word, if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I would be saved. I'm doing that now, so I know I am saved now. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins and three days later resurrected. Lord, I ask forgiveness of my sins and I repent of my sins. And I thank you and praise you that I have eternal life here and now, not just when I die, for acceptance of me, just as I am, where I am, that my name is written in the book of life. Amen. Remember, the devil can't erase that out. First Corinthians three fifteen. Your works may get burnt, you'll still be saved through the fire. So I encourage you. Get a Bible. I memorize from the New King James, but just get a Bible, study Bible if possible, and start reading and studying. The Psalms, Proverbs, the Epistles. Uh, Philippians, Ephesians, uh, all this, they're just words of beauty and power and encouragement. Find a church that preaches Christ crucified and the Bible, and maybe a Bible study. If any of you are listening in a s- Southern California area, I have a Bible study. You're welcome to come. I'm in the Van Nuys area. You could check my email, which is nails007 at netzero.net. Uh, we'll have another one on the 17th. So this is a time to understand there's not much time left. So I encourage you to get to know our Lord, find God's promise, 2 Corinthians one twenty. His promise is a yes and Amen. And watch how your life will change. And again, download that arsenal prayer off of melnovak.com, m-e-l-n-o-v-a-k.com. And right on that the first page, you'll see God's arsenal prayer. And Lord bless you all, and thank God for all you that that invited him in your heart.
1: Yes, well, we thank you for that prayer and. For making those prayers available. And unless Deanna has anything else, I think we can call it a night. Do you have any more questions or comments, no, I just, Deanna?
3: I just wanted to ask Mel how he's doing on Bibles. You, you still have a stock of Bibles over there?
2: Yeah, I'm doing good because I had uh, uh, this brother from church. He says, Oh, Mel, uh, my wife and I got a Got some Bibles for you, it's okay. I figured he had maybe a dozen. Uh-huh. He had nine boxes. Wow, <laughs> boxes so I'm still good, but thank you. Those ones you sent were very very nice
3: yeah they are we've We've sent those out and we've sent out um we sent out some others that are typically they're they're lower cost and they're lower quality, and I was a little worried about that, but we got got good reports from that. Um, We sent a load of both types to um, Brother Rafael Candido, and he ministers to homeless and stuff, too, and uh, in and around Kissimmee, Florida, and uh, they've got a lot of homeless there, and he said the quality was great, so... Let us know, yeah, you. You know. It doesn't sound like you're one running of the, low soon, though. <laughs> That's
2: one of the devil's biggest ploys. You got billions of Bibles in the world, most of them collecting dust. Mm-hmm. And it, you wouldn't believe it's hard to find 10 people who spend 30 minutes a day. But it's, you know, I, I tell his inmates how are you going to find the promises God gives you? You don't spend time in a word, you know, throw your cards away, throw those whatever they play. they played his game with these black things, uh, dominoes, yeah, you need to throw that throw those away. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: they call cards the devil's Bible, oh yeah,
3: oh goodness, I like to play spades, and I've been witnessing to people online playing space and I've had I've had a uh, couple sick me lately I have people that just uh, just absolutely I mean the this cross-section if you would of, of the world at large you know some just are demonized and they just hate Jesus so much um, and they know that I witness Jesus and and they can be so uh, vulgar And yet, um, I was just speaking to a person yesterday who told me that they were very sorry for how they treated me. And they have just, let's put it this way, they have just turned out to be like a diamond in the rough. And I asked them if I could have permission to pray them and I got that permission where they were so rough before they were so awful and ugly so um yeah it's it I just received a note from them today and talking about how they had turned around um how, how they felt about me and they were and now they're listening they're asking me questions about Jesus where they were attacking me before so I'm, I'm kind of having fun doing that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, I had a lady on Facebook. She would have, Mel Novak, you need to repent with all those pictures with guns and all those movies you do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. No, just keep po- just keep
1: posting those pictures with all the beautiful gals. You can do that.
3: <laughs> you don't have to stop doing
1: that.
2: Yeah. That's nice I love that
1: one. I love that one. Uh, was she a Chinese girl wearing that costume?
2: Oh, yeah. That think, was part of uh, their regalia. They had a lot of different hmm. people up there dancing and the, the regalia. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was
1: yeah, that great costume was beautiful. It was
2: beautiful. Yeah. I was trying to ask her, where'd you get that? But she couldn't speak good English. So I'm going to. Oh. I just smiled and. My head.
3: <laughs> well, I guess well, we can probably wrap it up. And, and as always, it's all—it's just a joy to have you. And uh, Thank you. let Thank us know. You. Uh, whenever you run out of those, I don't know how many hundreds of Bibles would be in there and all the boxes we get. I think there's about seventy Bibles in them. So let us know. And if you'd like to uh, send brother mel something maybe gas card or something and go over to com give him a little donation he um he does all this just for the kingdom of god and uh, we appreciate you brother mm-hmm.
2: we appreciate yes we do you. Well i love you too and have a blessed rest of the weekend
3: well thank you, you and you as well you as well mm-hmm. god bless you Okay. See
2: you oh, next time, I have,
3: brother. I have people okay. up here that would like to take you to dinner, uh, since they missed going to uh, church where you were. Oh yeah, uh, I was hoping.
2: Yeah. I was hoping so more to, was going to
3: come. <clears throat> yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't make it out there to Camus uh, that morning, and uh, so they would very much like to see you. Um, they asked uh, if you would just let us know before you come up next time, I'll try to r- arrange it. And they're okay. looking forward to meeting. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Well, God good bless night. Y'all. Good night. God bless you. God bless you, brother. Bye.
2: Bye bye. Bye bye.
3: All right. Well, we are, uh want to let everybody know we are not going to have. uh Pablo Medina on tonight. So I think that... Let me refresh and see if we can um, get the the MixLR server, streaming server to work right before I make a decision about whether or not I continue broadcasting tonight. It's, it's quite annoying for everybody I know to keep having to refresh. So...